in a state known for horse racing. You could call my guest today the triple crown winner when it comes to the food world. Jason Smith is a down-home chef who made it big on the Food Network. His fans call themselves country blingers, and he will knock your socks off with some of his Jasonisms. From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Jason Smith, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, honey. Thank you for being here. I mean, so many people just love you, and you have so many fans. Does it still surprise you that this is your life? It actually does. You know, I mean, it's a huge, when I look at all the followers between all my social media and different things, I'm like, gosh, I can't believe I know this many people or this many people know who I am. Um, it's one of those things you still wake up every day and you say, is this real? Um, it's been a couple, three years now. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm still living the dream that I've always wanted to. And I hope within 20 years, I'm still saying, gosh, I can't believe this is real. So for people that may not know, and I don't know how they don't know you at this point, but let's go back. So you were the Holiday Baking Championship winner of season three. You're the first home baker to win. Yes. You were Holiday Baking Championship Kids versus Adults winner. That was in 2016. Yes. And then Food Network Star, which to me is like the icing on the cake there. Yes, that, that is. Yes. And we won't talk about you just were in another one. <laughs> you didn't win, so we're not going to bring it up. Well, that's all right. You know, the, the <laughs> one that I didn't win, the last one, it was just a fun homecoming. We always wanted to do like a Christmas and all of us winners to get together because we know each other. Yeah. And so they were like, okay, okay, let's do that. We need a spot to fill on Christmas Eve anyway. And we were like, look guys, it doesn't matter who wins. Let's just have fun with this. It's not really about the winning this time. So, and we did, we just had a hoot with it and it didn't matter, honey. I think that's what yeah. I love watching that show because you can tell that you all do really get along, you know, show after show, whatever it is that you're doing with yeah. the Food Network. Yeah. I think one of the things that I love about you is I think a lot of people just probably see you at first and think, this is just an act, sort of the accent, the look, that is just something <laughs> yeah. you created, but it's not, oh, no. this is you. This is me, honey, on a silver platter. It's just me, you know, the way I dress, the way I talk. I pretty much came out of, out of the womb with glitter on me, I'm sure, but you know, and I've had a lot of people say that. They'll say, is that accent for real? I'm like, yeah, why would I want, why would I want this accent? I can't get rid of it, I right? I can't get rid of it. And they're like, oh, can you not talk like somebody else? I'm like, no, I can't impersonate nobody unless you're from the South. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, and it's fun for me um, because the way I talk, half people don't even know what I'm saying, mm. you know, and I have to uh, describe different things like over yonder and all y'all. And so, uh, and the people love the way that I dress, mm -hmm. they really like all the bright colors, the jackets, all the glitter and stuff. And I learned young on that it's a way to make people remember who you are. Sure. They may never remember your name, mm -hmm. they may never remember your face, but mm -hmm. they will remember what you're wearing. And I learned that, oh, I was in middle school, I'd say, but I was always that kid that when mom took me shopping, you know, I'd be in one section, and she's like, no, honey, you're in the wrong section. I'm like, but all that's blue and black and white. I want something with a little color over here. So I, it's just fun. I just yeah. like standing out. You are a Kentucky boy through and through. And you know, there is no better place to talk food than Kentucky. I mean, there is so many rich traditions in food. I mean, everything probably in my life, your life growing up was yeah. centered around food. Talk to me about where your first kind of memory of kind of falling in love with the kitchen and cooking and food. Yeah, you know, it is, it's a rooted tradition 
of growing up in the South and more in Kentucky because mm -hmm. Kentucky is one of those when people think of Southern cooking, Kentucky's what they think of. And you know, I can remember being six years old, six and a half maybe. Mm -hmm. I was raised on a huge farm in Laurel County mm -hmm. and my grandmother cooked all the time. And so we went to her house, she just lived next door. We would go to her house and have breakfast, then we would go work in the fields and stuff because it was a huge tobacco farm. And I thought one day, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of this farming. I don't <laughs> care anything about farming. I don't want to be out there hoeing tobacco. I don't want to be setting tobacco. Um, can we not grow something we can eat? And that uh, was my whole thinking. And so I asked Granny one day, I said, can I not stay with you and help? And she said, yeah, yeah, I'll let you stay today. So she let me stay and she just kept letting me stay with her and helping. And because she would cook breakfast, mm -hmm. then she would cook lunch, and then she would cook supper. And we would all get together in one spot mm -hmm. and eat. And I seen the love that when people would sit down and eat her cooking, how that it just made them happy and it made them feel like that every care they had was totally gone. And I thought, you know what? This is what I want to do. This, this is what I want to do. I want to make people happy. I want to be my grandmother in 20 years. You know, I want to have food that people will sit down and they could have the worst day in the world and eat a meal and have the best time they've ever had. So. Isn't it amazing how one food, it doesn't matter what it is, if it is special to you, it can transport you yeah. in a heartbeat back to a yeah. place that just puts a smile on your face. Yeah, you know, for me, it's chicken and dumplings. Yeah. And it's one of those things my grandmother, she showed me that was pretty much the first thing she ever taught me, you know, and living on a farm back when I was a youngin, you know, it was go kill the chicken, pluck the chicken, cook the mm -hmm. chicken, make the dumplings, and that's the best chicken and dumplings there is. Of course, I do it with a little bit better twist so people don't have to be out here killing chickens anymore. That's probably good. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, I, and I find that chicken and dumplings is a lot of people's go-to when they need a comfort food. Now, I will have to say, there's two different varieties of chicken and dumplings. Oh. You have northern and yes. you have southern. And northern chicken and dumplings is not chicken and dumplings. That's chicken noodle soup. It's so, fighting words to some fight, people. Yes, buddy. Yeah. I just saw you just put out a, a good recipe or your recipe for yeah. chicken and dumplings, didn't you, on your yes, recipe? I did. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. You know, for me, I live 13 miles out of town. My grandfather drove a school bus, so I was the first one on the bus, last one off. And my great grandmother every day cooked breakfast for him. So we stopped. There'd always be bis biscuits in the middle of the table. Mm -hmm. And when I came home in the afternoon, there's always biscuits there. So fried bologna would go on it, you name yeah. it. But that was always there. And to think about doing that every single day, that's just not something that people always keep up, you know, no, nowadays. They but. don't. And then you you decided, so I'm, I'm sticking with the food theme, and you were at the time when you first applied for for um, a show on the Food Network, you were just working, you were managing a school cafeteria, yeah. right? Elliott County. Yeah, I was in Elliott County. What gave you the thought or the idea or the push to say, I'm gonna go for this and I'm gonna try out for one of these shows? I'm one of those people that I'm very um, highly competitive. Um, I owned a flower shop for years in Grayson and I was always competing in floral competitions. I've been designer of the year, I've been Kentucky Cup winner several times, I've won the Harwood Cup. It's just something that was bred in me. In high school I was in marching band and we always strive to be the best. And I've just always been that competitive person and 
I had never competed in the food world before. And I would watch the holiday baking the two seasons before the one I applied for. And I thought, you know, this would just be absolutely so much fun to go on there and just do this because everybody says, oh, it's harder than it looks. It's harder than it looks. And I thought, well, I'm going to apply for it. All they can do is tell me no. So, you know, and, and I had I had learned over the lifetime that if you, if you want anything, you've got to try for it. And, you know, you have to take 10 no's sometimes to get that one yes. And so it was a snowy day and um, I was out of school. So I sent in the application to be on and the next day they called me. And I went, you seen my application? And they said, yeah, we seen it. We really like what we're seeing. We really like to see more and take you on to the next step. Mm -hmm. And I said, great. So we started the next step. Needless to say, I didn't know that the process was gonna be six weeks. Wow. So it was a six week interview, basically. I'd done stuff on Skype. I had to do recipe after recipe. I had to send in videos of me piping stuff, making stuff, talking about different things. And I was at, funny story, I was at Walmart and my phone rang and I looked down and I thought, oh gosh, this is Food Network and I'm standing in the checkout line. So I hand my money clip to the lady checking me out and I said, look, honey, this is a very important phone call. Just finish cashing me out, put the rest of my money, whatever's left in your pocket. I'll be right back. I've got to take this phone call. And so I took the phone call and I said, hello. And the, the guy that I'd been working with, he said, I've got some really good news for you. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, you're going to be one of the the top contestants for the next season of Holiday Baking Championship. And so I was totally elated. I actually, I got in my vehicle. I was crying like a little baby and I drove off. And then I got to thinking, oh, wait a minute. I've left all my stuff in <laughs> my the store clip. and my money clip and everything. So I had to go back in and get everything, of course. But that's, you know, it just, it happens in the most awkward places. And um, I was just elated from that. And then once I won, yeah holiday baking, they came to me just as soon as I was uh, crowned the winner and said, hey, we want you to do this special. And so we done the special and I won the special. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, after that, you kind of have this where you kind of go dark a little while because I loved being in front of the camera so much and I loved mm -hmm. the competition world so much and, and it was just something I really enjoyed and I thought, you know, this is where I need to be. I need to be in the television world. I need to be in a world to where I can teach people to cook like I was taught to cook. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, what are we going to do? So we had talked about doing pilots and maybe trying to get my own show and stuff and during that time, Food Network called me and they said, hey, you know, we'd really like you to be on Food Network Star. Granted, you've won two competitions, you still have to go through right. the application process. So I did that. That one was only a two week process, thank goodness. <laughs> I don't know if I can have handled another six weeks or not. So after the two weeks, they're like, hey, you're one of the, you're one of the 12, guess what? So, and then it, it just blew up from there. When did you first notice, so your fans kind of call themselves country blingers, mm -hmm. um, when did you kind of first start to notice like, whoa, it's not just, I mean, we in Kentucky love you, um, but when did you start noticing that it was outside of, you know, hometown, outside of the state that you thought, whoa, I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. I'm guessing you probably don't think that. I, I think you're a big yeah, deal. I, but. You know, I, I still say I'm just that country, yeah. Kentucky dirt boy from the country, but um, it's one of those things that during Food Network star, I started getting messages from people in Australia and Canada and other states and they were like, oh my gosh, we love you, we're rooting for you, we're voting for you, we want you to win this. Mm -hmm. And 
I was like, golly, how's people in Australia seeing this? So, you know, and I, and I would ask them, you know, how are you seeing this in Australia? And they're like, oh, we have Food Network here too. I'm like, well, I didn't think Australia was nothing but sand and dirt, so. And some kangaroos. And some kangaroos, but you know, it, that's when it really hit me is when people started messaging me from mm -hmm. other countries and saying, hey, we have Jason Smith Lord Honey fan clubs. Canada's one of the biggest ones. They have like 12 fan clubs right now that, that's all surrounded everything that I do. Uh, Texas is a huge state that has a followers. Um, Australia has three or four fan clubs, but uh, I guess the biggest one that I always hold near and dear to my heart is our U.S. Uh, army base in uh, Korea. Oh wow! That actually they were like, we filmed this, and on our one day we get to watch TV, we watch nothing but you. And so it was one of those things that it really, mm -hmm. you know, that that really hit me. And actually, I just got chill bumps mm -hmm. thinking about it. But you know, that's when it all really started hitting me. Oh my God, people outside of Kentucky are recognizing me. So at that point, I was pretty much as happy as a cow on a bicycle riding down the road with its udders flapping in the wind. But Folks, write that one yeah. down. That one's worth using again. When I first met you and we sat down to, to do an interview, you said something I thought was really, you know, neat. You said you went from touching people's lives on a small platform to touching people's lives on a huge worldwide platform. And that's a really profound thing to say, and you're doing it through food, yeah. um, which is a very simplistic thing when you think about it. Talk to me about how you have seen what you're doing make a difference. Yeah, you know, it, and it, it is. You know, I was in a small platform teaching people how to cook, even to the kids that I was working in the school with and stuff. And so, um, and, and as many of my friends, because majority of my friends don't cook because they're just like, hey, you can do it. So. Um, and then getting to get to the big platform to start being able to teach people how to cook mm -hmm. and different stuff, you start getting the letters, you start getting the messages of even down to my grandson is eight years old and he wants to be a chef mm -hmm. now just because of you. Um, I'm 90 years old. At the time, one of my oldest fans was 96, I think. And she's like, I'm 96 years old, I haven't cooked in years and you make me want to cook mm -hmm. again. And so you start hearing these stories of people, they want to cook and they want to, you know, do things. And, you know, I've always told people, it doesn't have to be food, mm -hmm. but you have to have the word try in your, in your vocabulary. And whatever you put that word to, whatever you're trying to achieve, it will eventually happen for you. And, but food is one of those avenues that I knew that mm -hmm. I could touch people's lives because, hey, well, we all eat. Um, and, you know, most people think, oh, cooking is so hard. It's so hard. You know, you have to be a chef or you have to be that. And you do not. You do, I write recipes every day of my life. And majority of my recipes don't have all these big fancy stuff in them. You know, it's stuff you can find at the store. Majority of it you can find in your house. So it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be outrageous. It just needs to be simple and good and just start with the basics and go from there. But you know, it's always seeing those messages and those notes mm -hmm. coming to me of how you've inspired me. I'm not going into the food world, but you made me want to lose 10 pounds because I've mm -hmm. seen your journey. Or you've made me want to become a racer because now I know I can because look where you came mm -hmm. from. You were a home chef or home cook mm -hmm. and you've won three competitions. You've done what no other home baker or cook has done. You've broke the glass ceiling, so why can't I do that? Speaking of recipes, 
What is the worst disaster in the kitchen for you? The worst disaster in the kitchen for me, I would have to say, oh gosh, you know, I'm one of those, you know, there's, there's a few things. Okay. Um, I would have to say the worst disaster for me is pancakes. <laughs> you know, pancakes is one of those things, the first six you make is the ugliest mm -hmm. things you've ever seen. Looks like it's fell right out of an ugly tree. But, you know, I've always said, it doesn't matter whether it's ugly or not. Sometimes the ugliest things taste the best. But eats the same. Eats the same. I always say, just throw it out to chickens and start over. But pancakes is one of those things. I'm like, no, we ain't have pancakes. Let's have waffles. <laughs> Much easier. Much easier. Let's talk about when you're in the show, because I think so many people are so wrapped into really anything Food Network does. And I think one of the things a lot of people wonder, you have to come up with so, you have to quick think so yeah. many times. Do you get to have a recipe base with you? How do you plan? Planning for the shows is you have to rely on everything that you've been taught from the first time that you started cooking and okay. baking. You are not allowed to have recipes. We do not have recipes on these shows. What you see on TV is what you get. When you are standing in front of the host or the judges or whatever and they tell you what you're mm -hmm. gonna be doing, whether it's cupcakes or whether it's beef bourguignon or whatever, mm -hmm. You know, and they say you've got 90 minutes to do it, and you know in your head it's gonna take six hours to do this. You've got to figure out what you're gonna do in a split second, because just as soon as they say time starts, it starts. You know, that's where most people think that we have recipes hid, or, you know, they say start and the cameras is cut, and then we start, mm -hmm. you know, then we mm -hmm. get time to plan. You don't. So you, you've got all that in your head. You've got to plan it that quick. You've got to figure out what ingredients that goes in it. You've got to remember that recipe that you're gonna do. And then you've got to remember how it's put together and what am I gonna tell them? What's my story behind this dish? Why did I do this dish to begin with? So That's probably where you're the best. Yeah. You make your stories the best. I, you know, I have it to sells say, it. I ha it's right. You have to have a good story for everything you cook. And I have to say, I had several of my friends from Food Network star, Rusty, Rusty Hamlin, mm -hmm. David Rose, they'd always look at me and they'd say, there ain't no way that story could be true. And I'm like, boys, you all are from the South, you know better <laughs> than that. And I'm like, every story I've ever told on Food Network is true. And they're like, now when you made that hand pie, there ain't no way you was eating out of feeding the goats. I'm like, yeah, there's times we had to eat and work the farm just the same. So I'm telling you, and they're it's like- It's called multitasking. It's, yeah, it's, so, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I can honestly say, every story you've ever heard on TV is a true story. I feel like when I watch, I lose years off of my life for you because it's, it's really intense at times. I mean, have you kind of gone, wow, I think I've lost a whole year of my life because you, I've been on this show. No, I don't feel like I've lost oh, any years. Well, I do for you, so. The only, and I'm a person I don't get nervous much. Yeah, you can um, tell. I mean, the, the, I love the camera and they say the camera loves me. And it's one of those things that, you know, people are very scared of cameras. And you and I both know we're in front of cameras all the time. It doesn't bother me. Mm -mm. And I tell people, just picture that camera as somebody, your best friend or somebody you know that you talk to all the time and just talk to it like you're talking to them. Don't put on pretense. Don't be something you ain't. Just be yourself. That's where a lot of people go wrong. Mm -hmm. They don't be their self. And so, but it doesn't bother me. I just, you know. The only thing, the difference I can say is when I first started this, my goatee had no gray in it. When I got done with Food Network Star, it's There's got a lot of gray, gray in, in it. There's some gray in there. And for folks that may yeah. not have seen you recently, we're talking kind of almost full beard now for you. Yeah. 
and you say you were really worried that the folks at Food Network might not like it. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, I had some time off after Christmas. We, you know, I was home 22 days last year work, so mm -hmm. I was on the road a lot. And um, after Christmas, I thought, you know what, I've got a few weeks before I start back. I'm just going to see, you know, I've never grown a full beard. I'm just going to see. And so I grew it and everybody kept saying, oh, we like it. It was in, you know, a lot of my posts and stuff that I was doing through the holidays and people were like, oh, we like it. It makes you look more distinguished. I said, oh, dear God, that means you're old when people say you're distinguished, but it wasn't. And, you know, I said to Food Network, okay, we've got so-and-so coming up. Do you want me to go back to just go tea or can we keep the beard or what do you want? And they're like, oh, no, keep the beard. We think it's sexy. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> new so, year, new you, Jason. New year, I, you know, I tell them I can't grow it on top of my head, so at least I can grow it on my face. Yes, you put it somewhere, yeah. right? Talk to me about behind the scenes with some of the people because in this last show you were um, – uh, hooked up with Maeve. She was someone for when I first watched her on her first show, it was kind of like she had to grow on you a little bit. And I was asking you, you said she's a phenomenal person. Yeah. So talk to me just about that kind of camaraderie. Is that the case with a lot of you guys that you see each other through different things? We do, you know, we get to, we get to be with each other a lot, you know, whether it's on camera, off camera. Once you get into the food side, television, celebrity TV, chef life, you're kind of still working with each other from time to time. So we do a lot of fundraisers together and stuff all over the U.S. Um, me and Maeve hit it totally off when we first met. She was the winner the year before me on holiday baking. Most people call her Elsa because of her hair color. She loves it. She is a phenomenal person. Mm. She's so funny and she's so energetic and she's so quirky and so quick with her responses. I think that's why we hit yeah. it off because I'm one of those people, you can say something to me, I'm gonna have a comeback really quick. And it's all about having fun. I'm a fun person, I love to have fun. I don't like nobody being no Debbie Downer or none of that junk, so. Uh, and that's why we really hit it off. And I mean, we still talk, we text every day. Um, and it's one of those things that we're always planning the next thing together, so. Well, I'm thankful that you'll even, you know, take my text message. So how in the world do you divide your time? Because I know everybody probably wants a piece of you and pulling in all these different directions. And I think as exciting as it is to be doing what you're doing, sometimes that can be a really heavy burden to, to carry. How do you manage all of that? Because you are into a lot of different things. Yeah, I'm in a lot of different things. You know, as I say, the only two things I don't do is work in a strip bar in the corner. So I'm into a lot of things, but it's one of those things that I feel like staying in touch with the fans mm -hmm. is my way of giving back for them showing so much support through the, the years that I've been on television and doing stuff. And so every morning, no matter where I'm at, East Coast, West Coast, South Coast, North Coast, well, there ain't no coast in the North, mm -hmm. but Canada, wherever, um, I always try to take at least two hours of the morning to answer questions. Wow. People send me questions. I'm making this kind of cake. What mm. can I do? I'm having trouble with this bread. Um, I've got a big deer roast here. What am I supposed to do with it? My son hit a possum last night. Can I eat that? You know, I mean, it's all kinds of questions. Fashion questions. I get questions oh, yeah. all the time. Hey, I'm going to a wedding and here's a picture of two jackets. Which one can I wear with this shirt? And so, I always try every morning to sit down. It may not be for two hours, mm. but I do answer. And then if I don't get them answered in the morning, then I'll do it in the afternoon and the evening. But it's one of those things I always try to get back to every single person besides my whole team that I say that I have my agency and stuff. I mean, I text them every morning just to say good morning. 
That's great. You know, whether yeah, they text me or sure. back, I know they've got it. Yep. Um, you know, you and I have texted several times. You know, we're family now. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things in all the news stations in mm -hmm. in uh, Lexington, they, we text each other all the time. Yeah. So it's just one huge family. And I feel like that all my fans are actually family mm -hmm. as well. You know, I mean, I can't even tell you how many thousands of fans I have or how many thousands of followers I have, but it's huge. and. You know, and they know, you know, I tell them, you know, if you have a question, please ask me. That's what I'm here for. I think that's what we feel like here, too, because we know our viewers are, you know, that's where they're at. We don't, it would be no reason for me to be yeah. out here every night if I didn't have those folks. And I think we feel that way, too. And a lot of our viewers think we are family. And I just say all the time, they say, we eat dinner with you every night. And I said, well, as long as we're having something good, because no that's what it is. Something you just said to me, um, I hope this is okay to bring up, but, you know, I have celiac disease. I have to eat gluten-free every day. And you just told me that your mom is mm -hmm. now um, going gluten-free and so you're kind of looking at some different recipes that's very interesting a lot of people I think will really appreciate that because it's a tough it's a tough sell when you're first told that to try and figure that out it is like I was telling you you know when they tell you that you can't have you know anything with gluten anymore you're thinking oh great my diet's gonna be water and ice from now on because <laughs> it feels you know, that way at first mm -hmm. for so many years you couldn't find anything like that now it's getting more readily available yeah. in the stores uh, but it's still learning how to put it together. You know, mm. baking and cooking gluten-free is two totally oh, different yeah. animals than, than regular cooking. Mm. And when mom told me she couldn't have it any longer, I was like, well, you know, I've got to figure out something. And then I started having fans saying to me, mm. you know, I'm gluten-free, can you please come out with some recipes on your website? Or, you know, I'm doing keto or I'm mm. doing low carb, you know, how did you lose all your weight? You know, can you give us some of those recipes? So I do that as well. And so I've been working on a lot of gluten-free um, dishes and those recipes will be hitting the, the website, southerncountrybling.com, very soon, so, yeah. I will taste test anything, even if it's terrible, I'll taste test it there, for you. There you go. What is next for you? I mean, there's always something literally, should I say, on the stove for you. There's so. always something <laughs> on the stove and in the oven, honey. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that, I'm one of those people, if I'm home more than 20 days a year, I'm mad. Because I'm a busybody. I gotta have 80 things going on at one time. and. So the next big thing is, is we got our third season green light of Best Baker in America, and we're fixing to film it. So yay for that. We, uh, it's one of those things in the television world, when you get that third season anything, that pretty much knows that you're gonna get more seasons than that. So uh, third season will be coming out soon, be coming out in the spring. Don't know exactly the date yet, but it'll be coming in the spring. Um, there's a lot of little things that, that's going into works, like a t-shirt line. Uh, the shoe line. Um, I told you when I stuff. first met you, the t-shirts, I mean, yeah. I don't even know how you're going to pick what you're going to put on your t-shirts. Well, there are so many yeah. possibilities. Yeah, I have a new logo that mm -hmm. just that just being, it's in the trademark process now. It's like, oh, we can do logos. And they're like, yeah, we got to trademark them. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, but I went through that whole mm -hmm. process myself. I'm like, I can do it. It was no big deal. And so the new trademark logo that's fixing to come out is so cool and it's gonna be on a shirt. All of my sayings are coming to a shirt. Um, we have one of the cow riding the bicycle with its udders flapping in the wind. We have a country bling rooster that's wearing some of my glasses and a bandana. And Andrea so, Walker and yeah. I will have one of everything. Yes, I, I'll yes, just tell I'll you. make sure we'll, of that. No, yeah. we will, we'll purchase ours. We'll be right there on yeah, all that's of that. Yeah, that's coming, that's coming real soon. Cool, yeah. have you ever, I mean, you don't have a 
cookbook per se out, do you? I do not have a cookbook out, but every recipe I do and develop mm -hmm. goes on my website. Okay. So when a cookbook does come, it'll be all new recipes. It's not gonna be what's on my website. And my recipes on my website are made to where you can actually copy them off and make your own cookbook right now. And that way you'll have those recipes and then when the cookbooks come, then you'll have new recipes as well. At the end of the day, what do you want folks to know or take away from your story and, and just everything that you've gone through over the last couple of years? You know, at the end of the day, I really just want people to know that if they have a dream, that they can achieve that as well, just like I did, you know? And to always reach for those dreams, never stop trying, always keep pushing forward, be happy. There ain't no sense in being mad or sad the rest of your life. I mean, that's just stupid, you know? And if you think that you can't cook, just try at least one of my recipes. You, I guarantee you can find one recipe that you could do. You know, I'm one of those people, like I said earlier, you know, it's all about having fun. We only go around once. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to love each other and have a good time. Wear some wild, crazy clothes <laughs> and some wild, crazy shoes and just carry on. And remember, the man that has won three different shows on Food Network still has trouble with pancakes. It can happen yep. to anybody, right? It can, yeah. I always ask my uh, guests two questions, and I really didn't tell you this beforehand, so it's okay if you say pass, but one of the questions I always ask people, I'm a, a bookworm and a nerd when it comes to that. Are there any books that really stick out to you that have been um, something that's been special to you? Or maybe for you, it's cookbooks. I don't know. You, well, you know, cookbooks is one of those things I do collect. Yeah. Um, I like to read cookbooks more than I do other books. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been blessed with this thing that I can read a recipe one time and I'll memorize it for life. Wow. So I have a lot of recipes, a lot of recipes. I have a lot of recipes that was handed down to me by my great-great-great-grandmother and my great-grandmother and my grandmother. Isn't there something amazing about having um, family recipes that are written down yes. in the handwriting of the person? Yeah. I mean, I have three framed. They're like prized possessions to me. I think everybody, if you've got the ability yeah. to have someone in your family that means something to you, write something down and can do that. Yeah. Priceless, I hand wrote my recipes for years, yeah. you know, and I posted them that sure. way for a long time. And um, I've got handwritten recipes, but I eventually I typed those mm -hmm. up because they do fade after some yeah. time if they're not taken care of. But you know, the and ones sometimes that they have get a little stains on them. Yeah, from, that's what know. I was going to say. That's the ones that you know is good when they got a lot of stains on them because you can tell they used that a whole. Yeah. So um, I love cookbooks. Okay. But I'd have to say the one book, if you've never read it, is you have to read Dolly Parton's biography. You know, me and Dolly sees a lot, you know, her boobs is of course a lot bigger than mine, but we see things on the same level. Mm. You know, she has those country sayings. Yep. You know, she knows what we've been through growing up, you know, and her book was just so inspiring. And I read that when I was in, senior in high school. Wow. So. And obviously we entitled this podcast Uniquely Kentucky. Jason, what do you think makes Kentucky so unique? You know, there's so many things that make Kentucky unique and I'm only going to touch on a few of them because we don't have all nights. But <laughs> um, one thing that makes Kentucky unique is its people. Mm. You know, it's the one state in the South that I know of and I've been in just about every state and they're all great states. Mm. But Kentucky's one of those that I don't care who you are driving down the road, they will throw their hand up at you. If you see them in a the store, they will say howdy or hello. They don't know you from Adam. Now, I thought for a long time people was talking to me and I thought, well, they don't know me. And then I'm like, oh yeah, wait a minute, I am on television. But they done that before I was yeah. on television. So, sure. you know, it's the people. We just have a way of life here in mm -hmm. Kentucky 
that isn't in any other state. And people outside the state, they recognize it. Because I get questions, even in California, they'll say, I've been to Kentucky one time and your people, they're nice people. Here in California, it ain't so. I'm like, well, sorry. Sorry But for yeah, you. it's just the way it is. Yeah. But yeah, you know, the people's nice. Of course, we're known for the horses. Um, I love horses, you know, I love the races and stuff. You know, that's one thing that makes Kentucky unique. When you can get the Queen of England to come to Kentucky to watch a horse race, honey, you, you're unique right there. Mm -hmm. And then of course our food scene in the state of Kentucky has blown up in the last two years. We are one of the top 10 states in the U.S. that has the biggest food scene right now. And so we just know how to cook here. Yes. That's the whole thing. You know, there's several of us. I've been Food Network star winner, Damaris Phillips from Louisville. Mm -hmm. um, um, there's a guy also in Louisville that just won the Thanksgiving challenge. There's another guy in Louisville just watched, just uh, one chop the other mm -hmm. night. Um, we have a lot of, of chefs and home bakers, home cooks that's been on television that's done so much for the state in Kentucky that's from Kentucky. And we're the only state to have that many people on television. That's awesome. Man, yeah. you, you make us proud here. I and try. I mean that, you do, you make us proud. People can check out everything really for you at your website, right? Tell folks what that is again. Yeah, the, my website is southerncountrybling.com. Okay. Um, you know, the, I, the very first place to find out what the new shows is mm -hmm. and everything coming up is Instagram. Okay. Um, and it is official underscore Chef Jason Smith. Go there, follow it. Mm -hmm. uh, because once you follow me, you get every update. It may be me going through my underwear drawer going, hey, do you all think I need to keep this pair or throw it away? You know, I, I just stay, that's just the way I am. Sometimes I don't know, so. You do become family when yeah. you meet you. Yeah, so that just yeah. goes along with it. Jason, yeah. thank you so much. I really do oh, uh, appreciate you coming on. We want to see more from you. I feel like we're gonna see great things from you coming up. There's we, a lot, a lot We appreciate coming. it. So you yeah. keep cooking and keep coming up with those Jasonisms. I'll do it. Until we meet again, this has been another edition of Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpott. Until then, I'll see you on WKYT.